welcome everyone to Real Life Real Equity with your hosts Justin and Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hi and welcome everyone. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth. More cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All right, so we're back with another episode and the question of the day is what is an entrepreneur or what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Now, I know you're probably thinking that's a loaded question. Well, you're right. It is. And an entrepreneur or entrepreneurship may means something different to each person. Some may think small business owner, while other may think a billionaire. Some may think long hours, while others may think leveraging time. One common thread between most entrepreneurs is their mindset, discipline, and persistence. Okay, so like that was three. Um, But let's be honest, there are quite a few common characteristics between entrepreneurs, which is why today, we're going to discuss the scientific method of entrepreneurship. As you probably already know, we have three kids, and one of our, our oldest kid has a science fair project, or she used to. Yes. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure every parent out there dreads science fair projects because we all know what that means. We have to come up with some experiment, do the experiment for our kid, and then help our kid build up. Put it up, together. Put it together. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like going back to elementary school all over again. Uh, so one of the things that me and Keisha were talking about the other day was there is actually a scientific method to entrepreneurship. Yes, there is. Um, one of Keisha's favorite books is uh, The um, All-In Startup yes, by that. Diana Kander. And mm-hmm. uh, that book, it, it is basically talking about how to get started in entrepreneurship using the scientific method first you go out and figure out what the problem is Mm -hmm. and then you figure out a hypothesis to that problem and then you turn that hypothesis into a uh, test and then you test it using whatever materials you need to test that hypothesis and then after you test your hypothesis you find your results and if your results prove uh, what your hypothesis says you are right your conclusion is what you thought would work in business will work and now you go and make the thing happen. Right, and I think too, um, the difference between an actual scientific method compared to an entrepreneur scientific method is you also wanna figure out what the demand is. So with science, you're trying to find out what the solution is, you're testing that. But with entrepreneurship, with the business, what is the demand? Who are you impacting? Right. I think a big thing um, that you know we want to make sure that you're aware of is exactly what is an entrepreneur. Um, and so just from definition, an entrepreneur can be defined as a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses. 
Um, they're taking on a greater than normal financial risk in order to do that. <laughs> right. What does that mean exactly to you? Uh, greater than normal financial risk, actually being able to experiment is going to be key. Yes, I would agree with that. Here is the thing. So every entrepreneur is guilty of what is called, and I won't say every because there are some very high level exceptions uh, to every rule. One of the things that uh, I'm guilty of and a lot of my entrepreneur friends are guilty of is what's called the shiny penny syndrome. And the shiny penny syndrome is exactly how it sounds. Every time you see a shiny penny, you want to go chase it. I'm a real estate investor by business. I run a real estate business, mm -hmm. okay? I have still tried to buy franchises. We've tried to buy a janitorial company. Yes. We've tried to buy a, a, a restaurant. We've tried oh, to yeah, buy... Huh? <laughs> I said, oh yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I tried to start a marketing company. I've tried to start a sales company. I've tried to start an HR firm. If you're one of those entrepreneurs who's always chasing something new, mm. then uh, it's okay because you're, you're in good company. Right. I mean, some of the best <laughs> entrepreneurs in the world will chase many different ideas before they find the one thing. But here's the deal, and this is what's key. It's not about not chasing them. It's about once you find the thing you like, sticking, sticking with it. it and not going after a whole bunch of shiny pennies after you found the thing that you really like. Right. Because there's no short, shortcut to success. One of my mentors said, um, and you were at this, uh, when he said, um, or don't try to shortcut to the results, shortcut the process to the results. Mm, yeah. He said, you don't want to shortcut the learning right. that you gain in the process, but you do want to shortcut the results you get. Yeah, because I mean, I think when it comes to the learning part of it, you, you can't go after for example, you know, a lot of people go after different careers and they decide, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. Oh, but I think I'm going to go ahead and on the side, I'll, I'll maybe also be an author or, you know, you, it's just, you have to have a one set track. Um, and then once you do figure out exactly what it is that you're wanting to do, you know, then you start to break down how to do that. How do you become a nurse? What different things do you need to know about that? Um, with us, what is it about real estate? Real estate to me is a very broad field because there's a lot of different acts, um, aspects to it. You have your residential, you have your commercial, you know, and then within those things, there's additional things. So like with commercial, there's just different layers. So uh, one of the things that the uh, late Jim Rohn said, uh, he said the Success is a is something you become by the person you attract. Success is a becoming process. It's uh, it's not a destination, if you would. So, uh, you attract it by the person you become. Your goal is not just to get the results; it's to become the person that success will attract. All right. So our educational tip of the week is cash flow. Yes. Okay. So cash flow. That's a good one. Cash flow is cash coming in, like your income, and cash going out, such as your expenses. What makes the cash flow is the difference between the two. So the difference between the income and the expenses is right. what creates the cash flow. Right. So essentially, cash flow can be positive or negative. If you have, uh, let's use real numbers, if you make $1,000 a month and you have uh, $800 in expenses, just simple math, mm -hmm. 1,000 minus 800 gives you $200 positive cash flow. Right. If you have $1,000 in income and you have $1,200 in expenses, 
well, that gives you negative $200 cash flow. Mm -hmm. Both cases are real world. Right. Okay, when you hear about somebody living above their means, that's what that means. You are at negative cash flow. So that's your educational tip of the week. I hope you found it valuable. The tip of the week again is cash flow. For more information on cash flow, use your friendly Google search engine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, so a great question to really kind of talk about is why do people choose entrepreneurship compared to a normal career? Well, we know kind of just from starting our talk here what entrepreneurship is. But why would you know, somebody choose entrepreneurship over a career? You know, I, I, I have to think about this myself because I'm the one who got a college degree. Yeah. Um, I end up getting my degree in criminal justice. Right. And I wanted to be a crime scene investigator. And I realized, you know, when we started a family that I can't be on call 24-7 and right. raise a baby. Right. So that got put on delay. And then I still wanted to go to law school. You know, right. that is something that I still would think about doing. I think that a lot of people choose entrepreneurship over a career for one, because you can control your own time. I know right. that's what it is for me. You know, that's a very, very valid point. So here's the thing that I really took to heart when it comes to entrepreneurship versus a career. I actually started uh, my entrepreneurship part time. I think one of the smartest things you can do if you're not an entrepreneur already and if you have obligations is to start part time. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Kiyosaki said in one of his books to work where you work, but mind your own business. Mm. And I thought that was really, really key. Uh, I actually didn't remember that quote. I have to credit a friend of mine who was reading the book for the first time. Just like anybody else who's a avid reader, I've read several hundred, if not uh, thousands of books. And just little quotes like that you can miss. But he said, Robert Kiyosaki, he reminded me of that Robert Kiyosaki quote of, you know, work where you want to work, but mind your own business. You mind your own business, and it's okay to start part-time. Yeah. Uh, so what? that's what I did. We started part-time on our business, and we used the entrepreneur method to figure out what exactly we wanted to do. So when I listed off all of those companies, all I was doing was testing out Robert Kiyosaki's theory of buying cash flow assets and so we didn't look at the kind of business for the kind of business we just chose cash flowing assets that was our umbrella if you would mm -hmm. some of them didn't exactly match how we wanted to live our life and then i met the the mentors we have right now and they taught us to create lifestyle based businesses the one of the things that stephen covey talks about in the seven habits of highly effective people is beginning with the end in mind and then one of the things that the uh, four-hour work week with Tim Ferriss talks about is being able to create lifestyle-based businesses. Yeah. Michael Gerber is another one who talks about this in the E-Myth. I mean, these books are the things that kind of molded us in our entrepreneurial pursuits. And so we tested a whole bunch of different things. And as we figured out exactly what we liked, that's when we decided, okay, we're going to go in a little bit deeper on this. And the All In Startup talks about this really. She actually uh, uses um, entrepreneurship as a poker game. Yeah. You're, maybe you got a pocket aces or something. You know you got a pretty good hand. Mm -hmm. So you put a little money in there and you let the, the, the cards turn. And then you see that you have now trips aces. Now all my poker players out there know exactly what I'm talking about. You're about to win the pot, so you're going a little <laughs> deeper. And once you know you are going to win that hand in business, we compare it to, okay, we know exactly where we're going to get. We go all in. Mm -hmm. And when we go all in, that's one of some of the most, that, that period between all in 
and actually getting the pot is probably the most unnerving part of the whole process. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable process because you don't know if you're going to win or if you're going to lose. Or is this the best deal? Or is you this know? the best deal? Since we're relating it to, to business. Is, right. this, is there a better deal out there? Right. You know, can I, can I get a little bit more for my money? Right. So, Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, as you create the lifestyle with entrepreneurship, because we are a family, you know, our children come into play also. A lot of people, I think, in comparison, since we're talking about entrepreneurship, a lot of people might pick the career because they feel like it's more stable. You know, they're content with that. They know that. And by the time they're 62, 63, they can retire. So they're looking forward to that. And they know it's just a straight lane highway. Whereas entrepreneurship, you might have some turns, you might have to take a shortcut. Zigzags. You know, you're just all over the place. But the family comes into play with that too. I know for us, you know, we like to travel. And so we want to build this lifestyle to where we're not limited to just a career. We can get up and go when we're right. ready. The main thing is not to not try a whole bunch of stuff. It's not to, to tell you not to try a whole bunch of stuff and not to say that the shiny penny syndrome is actually bad. Here's what I'm trying to get to. When I discovered, even in real estate, in the beginning, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in real estate. I just knew that I wanted to own a lot of real estate and I want to make a lot of money. But I spent years and years building performance and case studies trying to figure out how people are building such massive empires and massive wealth bases with real estate. And I promise you this, I have done at least a hundred different projections of how many houses it takes to replace my full-time job. I began with the end in mind. So let's just say that at a hundred houses, I needed $20,000 a house because that's a down payment on a hundred thousand dollar house, 20%. That's $2 million invested in down payments to get those 100 houses. Now, there's plenty of creative ways to, to get into real estate, but we're not going to talk about that because that's not the goal of the podcast. The goal is once I figured out exactly how I was going to get the retirement from owning houses, I knew it wasn't just buy and hold. I had to create a business, and that's when I started to really test how I was going to get those 100 doors. Right. And once you figure that out... That's when you can start to evaluate and go deeper and go deeper and go deeper in your investing and in your entrepreneurship method. Mm -hmm. Why choose entrepreneurship over a career? It's really up to you. But a lot of people get a career to get money so that they can build wealth so that they can be free. Why not build wealth as your career and get free? And then you're in command of your own destiny. Really. Right. Now, it's, it's easier said than done. Don't get it wrong. Mm -hmm. It is much easier said than done. It is always easier to say go work out than it is to actually go work out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but it but when we actually go work out, we get the results and you get the pain. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's growing pains in, in, in entrepreneurship and in anything. So you gotta go through that as well. Well, and then another thing is, you know, there's the comparison of how long, you know, does an entrepreneur work or what is their ideal retirement time compared to the person who is working a career. Right. And so as an entrepreneur, you know, you can start your day at 6 a.m. if you choose to and end it at 3 p.m. Right. You know, the ideal person would love to work from like 9 to 3 every day, you know, but the ideal job, you know, is 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. depending on what you're doing. 
Um, so when it comes to terms of how long an entrepreneur works versus a person doing their career, you know, I had a conversation with um, someone else that's a part of our team. And she had mentioned that it's funny how you have people who go into work, they work those 40 hours a week to make a thousand dollar paycheck, for example. And you have entrepreneurs who will work anywhere from 40 to 80, sometimes 100 hours a week, you know, putting in the time. But the result at times can be much greater. But here's the thing. When you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Right. Well, and I think for for me, you know, with us and our partnership, but then as, also as husband and wife, one of the biggest things that you can do as an entrepreneur is learn how to leverage your time. Um, because as an entrepreneur, you yeah. don't want to waste hours. Absolutely. And so for me, being having an office, you know, some entrepreneurs, they start in the home. You know, so having a home office, you can easily get distracted with everything else that's around you. And so I leverage time by, again, having someone a part of my team that comes in for me and cleans up because that eliminates hours for me which gives me additional hours to work in our business. There's something that I learned a long time ago, and um, some of the most successful people in the world use this. Darren Hardy said, how much is your time worth? And if you understand how much your time is worth, then anything that falls below that highest value of your time, you should consider outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And so it, let's just use the example, if, you're, if your time is worth $50 an hour, and you say that's your self-assessed price. I'm worth $50 an hour. So any, anything, any activity that falls below that $50 an hour, you should consider outsourcing. It's not mandatory, but you should consider outsourcing it. Now, just like any entrepreneurship, any startup, any business, sometimes you have to do things that are not the highest and best use of your time because mm -hmm. you have to get the thing off the ground. A lot of sweat equity is done in the beginning. When you do have the resources to pay people for the things that are not the highest and best use of your time, the absolute best benefit to you is to do that. Just like Michael Gerber says in the E-Myth and you know Stephen Covey talks about in the Seven Laws of Highly Effective People, being able to begin with the end in mind and building your business so you work on your business and not in your business is going to be vital to the success of your business. One of the things that... uh I always get asked is how do you manage all your properties and I say I don't manage any of them and from the beginning I never have managed I only manage one house <laughs> the whole time that I've, I've been a real estate investor and I managed it because uh, Robert Kiyosaki and, and a couple of my mentors said manage it so that you understand what a good manager is doing mm -hmm. and then at the same time I had hired a, I had another house I bought two houses I lived in one I rented a, I bought a duplex I lived in one side me and Keisha lived in one side and we rented out the other side and then I bought another house and we had a property manager manage that. So I was managing one property and my property manager was managing one property. And we got the experience of learning what a good property manager does and what a good property manager doesn't do as well as what you are doing on your own. Right. And so we had that experience. I say all that to say the very second we could outsource that property management, we did. Mm -hmm. We yeah. immediately offloaded the property man all property management skills and then I got the big head just like a lot of entrepreneurs, they get that bravado, they had some success, and then they want to go back and think you can save and do everything. And I was, I'm transparent enough to say that I bought another duplex, and it was, I, I came in and I rescued a guy from some, some trouble he was in. And I said, hey, man, I'll, I'll take care of everything, no big deal. And I thought 
oh yeah, I can handle this. I'm a big bad real estate investor. I'm gonna go <laughs> in and I'm gonna property manage myself. And those tenants ate me alive. Mm. And I won't do it again. I, I told Keisha, Keisha knows this. I've never tried to manage another property ever again. You just never know who's on the other side of the door. That's right. <laughs> you don't know. But not only that, you have to know your personality. I'm not a bulldog. Mm-hmm. Well, and so in general, just comparing that as an entrepreneur, you also have to set goals from the start. Absolutely. You have to know where you're going, what the end in mind is. You know, at first when we were setting goals, everyone knows how to set a goal. Right. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Right. Well, then there's the next step of how do you lose the 10 pounds? Correct. You know, and that's the part where people fail at. You know, right. they say they're going to set this goal, they're going to lose the 10 pounds by summer, but they fail to put st- action steps into place to lose the 10 pounds. Right. And I think for us, um, when it has become to goal setting throughout the years, we have learned to perfect how to set a goal. Yeah, that, and then, that's really key. You know, analyzing that goal and then yeah. saying, is this exactly what we're going for? And then sometimes you got to pull out all those other goals that are is really nonsense. You know, you've written yeah. down, some people write down 10, 20, 50 goals that they're going to try and achieve in one year. And another yeah, thing is it depends sure on, attainable. It depends on mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, some yeah. of those things are obtainable, but I mean, you know, there's always uh, there's a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller, and that, that book changed my life. He says, what's the one thing that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? And if you ask yourself that question when you're setting the goal, what is the one goal that could help me accomplish 10 goals? Yeah. And you do that mm-hmm. one goal, and then you take that... I, I, we spent a lot of, you said something real key. We spent a lot of years perfecting how to create a goal. That's key. We didn't just set a goal, learn on our own, take it under our own advisement how we did on that goal achievement. We took other people's advice and then we took our process and we modified it. If you always go for the one thing that will make everything else easier or unnecessary, you will be able to accomplish a lot more than you could ever accomplish if you didn't do it in that manner. I heard this weekend one of my friends, he said, don't reach for the stars with a closed fist. Mm. Well, and that makes me think about faith and fear. You know, you can be in faith about one thing, but having a closed fist means you're in fear about getting there. Yeah. So. Uh, they said, uh, be willing to accept the results of the question that you're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. And so I think influence is important also when it comes to entrepreneurship. Educating yourself um, is another thing that's very important. And then also having, you know, the right resources. You know, these are some key things that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, since we're um, discussing the scientific method of this, your resources, your education, and then influence the people that you're around is also key to being an entrepreneur you know they say that you are the result of the five or you're the average of the five friends you hang out with most and that's with everything whether it be your finances or your belief your faith whether it's you want to be an entrepreneurship but you're hanging around all w-2 employees all of it it has to do with it all so who who do you want to become and then who is already doing what it is that you want to become when you're watching your favorite team play your favorite team play everybody wants that team to win mm-hmm. and so with that being said that transference of energy goes all around the city and making it uh, electric kind of feeling that's how you, people describe it. it's electric you know 
that's electrifying, electrified in the building. You You're know, putting that vibes kind of, out. That vibe. Mm-hmm. Same thing with seminars and conferences. When you go to these conferences, there's a transference of energy. So it's not necessarily the information that you gain by being around the people of influence or the people that influence you. It's the transference of their energy. Mm-hmm. Who we hang around is only going to become a transference of their energy to us, which is why me and Keisha are so, yeah. uh, we're so focused mm-hmm. on who it is we hang out with the most who are where we want to be yeah so thanks again for listening we talked about the entrepreneur scientific method uh just to kind of quickly review uh we talked about what an entrepreneur is we talked about the shiny penny syndrome we talked about what uh why people choose entrepreneurship versus a typical w-2 career Um, we also talked about we talked about goal setting. We did a little bit of uh, how we as entrepreneurs set goals, and then we talked about some of the resources in education and how influence plays such a major part in entrepreneurship. Uh, we hope you found something valuable from this podcast. We look forward to talking with you again next week. Until, Until next time. time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.